2: This content factory we call the Rich Eisen Show This
3: is the Rich Eisen Show And if you don't have a a sense of excitement about this I
1: don't know what you're here for
2: The Rich Eisen Show Can't
1: tell you enough how much I love your show With
2: guest hosts Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison Boom! Live Boom! From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles The Rich Eisen brand is really hot, that's what I'm saying That's all I'm saying. (laughs) And now, sitting in for Rich.
4: We're ready for any
2: challenge. Here's Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison.
4: Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich. Hour three, the show rolls on. We appreciate you spending some time of your day. Breaking news, of course, today. Carson Wentz going to the Indianapolis Colts. A deal involving a bunch of picks. No actual people coming back yet. Just the idea of people, Kirk. Which I think makes some Philadelphia Eagles fans a little (laughs) nervous today. But have to be excited they are turning the page on the Carson Wentz era. Despite the fact it got him a Super Bowl. I mean, just a weird, awkward situation uh, the entire
1: time for Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's weird because we always knew that the Indianapolis Colts was probably the best situation for Carson Wentz. So when the deal was finally made, we're like, all right, finally. And now there's reports out now that the Bears never made an offer for Carson Wentz, which we thought they were the other suitor for Carson Wentz's services or to be shipped away from Philadelphia. They're saying now, hey, we never made an offer. And so I think that's ultimately what happened was that Philadelphia was waiting. And they were waiting and they were waiting. And nobody was biting at that apple. Like, nah, we okay. We're good with what we got right now. And so Indianapolis found a way to get it done, and they got it done for far less compensation, right? I think Philadelphia is looking right now, like you mentioned, that this is the best deal that we're going to get. They weren't going to get that Detroit Lions, Los Angeles Rams deal, right, where you get a player in return, you got multiple first-round picks, you're going to have an extra – I believe a third round pick for currently for this season. They got far less than that. But it's it's not about what they got back. They
4: got back getting out of the contract. That's the win. That's who they traded for. They traded
1: for moving off the deal. Absolutely. But when you grade that deal, they lost. <laughs> Philadelphia lost, man. They, that, that's it. Like at least the Rams can say, hey, we gave up this, but in return, we did get an upgrade at the position. Whereas Philadelphia is giving up a player. And all they're getting is some assets. And as I was reading a tweet earlier, Ben, can you, remember, can you see this? Here we go. From 2009 to 2016, all first-round quarterbacks. This is what Field Yates uh, on Twitter tweeted out. And I kind of did my little background research. And it's, it's true. From 2009 to 2016, there is not one first-round quarterback still on the same team that drafted them. First-round quarterback that is draft. So from 2009 to 2016, because obviously the quarterbacks after that are still under some rookie deals and things like that, that they are not with the original team, that drafted them. That goes to show you how much when we get into this draft class coming up and we're talking about Trevor Lawrence and we're talking about Justin Fields and we're talking about uh Zach Wilson from BYU and Trey Lance of North Dakota State and Mac Jones of Alabama. That you can draft them all in the first round. But the numbers are showing how difficult it is to get that position right, especially in round number one, because I got some Cowboy fans over here saying, hey, we got it right. We got it right. Even though they had to wait to the fourth round to get Dak Prescott. Yeah, but what have they won since then? So, yes,
4: look, (laughs) it's it's an inexact science because while it's such a challenge to obviously get that guy, since – Uh, Deshaun Watson has been drafted. Mm -hmm. We've seen Lamar Jackson into the NFL. We've seen Josh Allen. We've Mm -hmm. seen Baker Mayfield. You've seen Joe Burrow. Now you're going to see Trevor Lawrence. Like, so there are guys that, that come along. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll see if Carson Wentz can actually turn into that guy in stop number two. We find out today he's heading to Indianapolis.
1: But before you move on, you mentioned Deshaun Watson. Could he still be on the move too? Could he be the next quarterback? I hope so, man. I don't want to see that
4: situation play out because it'll just get ugly down in Houston. Um, All right, we switch gears now to talk a little NBA action because we got a doubleheader tonight on TNT. Turner Sports NBA host and reporter Jared Greenberg joins the show after finding some difficulties connecting with us, but we're able to do it here. Uh, The inmates are running the asylum now that Rich is away, so we apologize for that, Jared. But what's up, man? Glad to have you on the show.
0: But why does rich take the normal numbers with him when he's on vacation and like you guys have to have new numbers when you guys are here. I don't know whatever
4: rich is doing. He's got it figured out. Cause he's on vacation and we're all here working. So, <laughs> Hey, um, you know, tonight we got a double header. We've got, of course, uh, Toronto and Milwaukee, but the game, everybody has circled on their calendar. Of course is, is Brooklyn and Los Angeles. A little bit of the, the shines taken off it with the injury. However, As a basketball fan, I'm just as intrigued because now we get to see what LeBron is going to have to do with AD out for the foreseeable future. So what are you hoping just as a fan and, uh, you know, somebody who loves hoops like we all do, Jared, to sort of take away from this game, if anything, tonight?
0: Yeah, no no AD and no KD. But the headline still has to be LeBron facing Kyrie for the first time since Kyrie said that the the first time in his career he's had somebody – that's the most clutch player that he's ever played with is KD, right? So, like, how does LeBron take that out on the guy he used to call the kid uh, when they were back in Cleveland? How does he take that out on him? That, that'll be fun tonight,
4: don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And I yeah. just want to see what walking stick Kyrie brings out to Los <laughs> oh, Angeles. I'm such a fan. Yeah. I, I feel, love I the like, Gandalf
1: look. But I also feel like that's like a Jordan meme, too, though, right? Like, you just say, like, the – and I took that personally. You can put that under, like, LeBron. Like, I took that personally that Kyrie said, you know, whatever. we oh, are going to see those
0: tonight. I can <laughs>
1: promise you that.
0: Where do you think Kyrie got the walking stick from?
1: Ooh. Well, they were in Arizona, right? right yes, they
0: yeah, were. So yeah. Maybe,
4: yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a great golf course called Talking Stick out in it the field. area. I played area, Talking Stick, yeah. Which is a great one. Great track. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a big fan of the look, though. Uh, Jared Greenberg joining the show. Turner Sports, uh, of course, NBA host and reporter. You can see Jared on NBA TV's Crunch Time, the live-looking show taking you around the league on Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, A big win last night for the Warriors, getting Mm. it done in overtime, surprising the Miami Heat. I lost a dollar on the bet. (laughs) Uh, What do you take away from the season that Steph is having?
0: Um, That why did we forget about him? Why, why, Why did we... Why is our recency bias so recent that we forget that just a couple of years ago he was um, averaging 30 points and becoming the first ever unanimous MVP in NBA history? Like I, I, I always say this, Ben, about Steph. By simply calling him the greatest shooter of all time, we don't get the full grasp of how great he is. I agree. He is the greatest shooter of all time, but he is so much more than that. He's a great playmaker. The way he moves without the basketball, which most stars are unwilling to do, keeps defense on its heels and in panic mode all game. He's, he's such a willing passer. He's such a, a team-first guy. Um, and, yes, he's played on great teams, but his, his style of leadership and his um, willingness to let go of ego has allowed him and the Warriors to be great and absolutely it's going to be a, a dog fight for this year's MVP but he needs to be in the mix of that conversation
1: yeah Jared I, I totally agree and I think it kind of goes back to the beginning of the season when remember Dame Lillard you know had his comments about Steph and then Steph went out there and kind of lit him up a couple times you know with uh, you know shooting performances and winning games and so it's more of a the criticism of Steph can he do it without the superstars around he's showing that he can do that so it's more of Steph proving hey this is who I am this is what you're always going to get don't forget about me but then I kind of want to pivot a little bit back to the the Thursday night game because I'm looking at this Nets team and I'm trying to figure out what what can they prove tonight without KD because I saw the other night that they beat a Phoenix team without KD without Kyrie and it's like oh James Harden, he can not only be a facilitator, which, you know, he's doing great and being the point guard of the team, but yet, oh, if you need him to score, he's still one of the best scorers in the NBA. So I'm trying to figure out tonight, what more can the Brooklyn Nets show me? What can they teach me that I haven't seen from them this season?
0: Well, I think it's just learning uh, about you know, hopefully Kyrie plays, and it's Kyrie and Harden playing together and, and trying to get a feel for one another, and and it's having that sense of urgency that on on key possessions we knew we do need to d up, and 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 kind of doing what the Clippers didn't do last year by not just coasting and saying we're going to flip a switch mm-hmm. once we get to the playoffs. You got to have that sense of urgency to learn processes now which you'll be able to take over to the playoffs, which obviously don't change a little more when Durant's in the lineup because I, I hope people recognize, like, as great as Harden Kyrie can be, and they, and they are, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from them, like, it's not even close. Their best player is Kevin Durant. And if Kevin Durant's not getting the most shots and if Kevin Durant's not getting the ball in clutch moments, well, then that's a, that's a failure on all levels for the Nets because he is by far their best player on a team full of, of great players. And I would just say about the other night in Phoenix when when they came back and Harden hits the shot, that's a bit of a, a false sense of reality, a bit of fool's gold, because yeah. we've seen Harden do that in the regular season over and over and over again. He can do that again tonight, possibly, but that doesn't translate to postseason success for James Harden. We've seen it for several years now. It's having that full team effort where understanding your role and that Kevin Durant is the go-to guy ultimately when he gets back healthy, that that will make this team a dangerous postseason team.
4: Jared Greenberg joins the show, Turner Sports NBA host. You can check Jared out, of course, on Wednesdays and Fridays, NBA TV's Crunch Time. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen show. Something i really love, Jared, of about the opportunity to work with NBA TV and, and Turner Sports, and, and you know this better than anybody, is that it's really a Turner family. And the yeah. whole vibe down there at the studios in Atlanta, when you're broadcasting the games, or it's on NBA TV or the inside the NBA crew, there's kind of a like a common area where everybody hangs out, watches the games. And for guys like you and I, who sadly were never able to get all the way to the NBA, it's the closest we'll get to being in the locker room and hanging with these guys. I know you're still in awe of the men and women you work alongside, but walk us through the process it took throughout your career to really feel comfortable sharing your opinions, mixing it up, challenging the men and women that you'd admired since you were a kid. I mean, the fact that Charles Barkley calls you half man, half makeup <laughs> has to make the 12 year old Jared Greenberg proud.
0: it makes the 37 year old Jared Greenberg proud, too. <laughs> no, it, it, it is great, Ben. You know, it actually points out, you know, kind of a void that's, that's in, my, in my gut right now because we don't have those moments anymore. Because even though we're still going into the studio, we, we are practicing social distancing and there's not that hangout that we used to have so we, we missed that this season but I, I think the challenge ben and i'm curious you know from from your time when uh, at turner if you felt this as well like it's almost keeping yourself in check not to get too comfortable because they'll let you they it's so welcoming it's so warm uh you know i remember the first day i got hired and i met charles he's like welcome to the family and and I thought he was just like saying that to be cliche, but then I realized as you're talking about, it, it's true. Like everybody there really does look out for one another, and we all joke and kid. Once you're once you're there for a couple of days, you know you get made fun of, which is you know you know that that, that they like you in that instance. So uh, I think that the key is not not to overstep your grounds, and and once you get comfortable, not to get too comfortable, and and just have fun. I think I think you know we too often and you know you. you, you I'm sure you've seen this in, in your past that like people forget that professional athletes are human beings. Mm-hmm. And, and we put them on such a pedestal and such a, a superhero level that we forget like stuff's going on at home. That's bothering people that you want to ask about. You want to talk about, you know, guys are sports fans too, girls are sports fans too. You know, you, you just want to interact and be friends. And, and that's the, the coolest thing about this is, you know, being able to pick up a phone and, and call or text these people that, that I've worked with who a lot of people idolize. And, and I can just now call a friend.
1: You know, Jared, tonight is also some big news, right? Um, and I remember growing up as a kid, you couldn't wait for the All-Star team to be selected, right? You were getting excited, yeah. like, oh, we can't wait to see the East versus the West. I know tonight we'll, we'll know the NBA starters uh, for the All-Star game. Yeah. Has it, is, is it losing a little bit of its luster because of some of the outspoken comments by players maybe not wanting to be in the All-Star game this year? How do you think it'll be received tonight with some of the players you know, getting that nod as an All-Star?
0: I think it's. I think a lot of that is a bit overblown. I, I think we forget that the NBA cannot hold an all-star game unless it's collectively bargained with its players' association and agreed upon by its players' association. So while I respect these guys wanting a week off, and I also understand that we're still living in a global pandemic and health and safety is at the forefront, I, I also think that these guys are represented by a union in which LeBron James is a vice president of that agreed to these terms. So to be upset about it after the fact is, is a little bit two-faced, to be honest with you. Um, and, and listen, I get that we're coming off of a, a weird season where we were in a bubble and there was only essentially a couple months off for guys instead of several months off. And for the guys who went deep into the playoffs, it's taxing to ask them to go play in an exhibition. But it's that exhibition that is such a huge revenue generator, even without a crowd, that helps pay the salaries of not just the players, but people that work in within organizations. And, and organizations have been laying off or furloughing employees because they can't afford to keep them on on salary. It's events like this that keeps the, keeps the league going. And if anybody has a problem with the All-Star game being played, well, then you should also have a problem with any game that was played last night or tonight in the NBA. Because this is a business. And as long as it's done with health and safety in mind and everybody feels protected, which I feel the NBA is going to do in this bubble, in the mini-bubble of, of the All-Star weekend, then, then, then you should be okay with, with it being played just as much as you are be okay with Lakers-Nets being played tonight because ultimately the All-Star game is going to create more viewers and it's going to create more revenue for a league that, plays, that pays more than billion-dollar owners and more than million billion-dollar um, basketball players.
4: Turner Sports NBA host and reporter Jared Greenberg joins the show. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen show. You can catch Jared, of course, on NBA TV's Crunch Time on Wednesdays and Fridays. And, um, you know, obviously the All-Star game is a, is a huge moment in the culture of basketball. And TNT will broadcast the game this year and has always put on great all star activities over the years. Um, somebody who's, who enjoyed All Star Weekend last year in <laughs> Chicago is coming up next on the show, Jared, and that's your buddy Quentin Richardson. And Whoa. I'd love to see, I love seeing one half of the knuckleheads transition into this phase of his life as a broadcaster and a podcaster and and doing a great job covering the NBA and doing the podcast with Darius Miles and even a guy like Kirk as well, who's now probably been in the media as long as he was in the NFL or getting yeah. close.
1: Yeah, this is uh, my eighth year, yes. It's You're really
4: right, cool man. to see you transition <laughs> into this phase in your life as well. Jared, you've worked with Hall of Fame icons, and then you've worked with rotational players who have found a voice in media in the second act. What do you think as a guy in your position who works with so many athletes as correspondents, what do you think makes for a great broadcaster as a former player?
0: I think, I think there's a couple of key things that I like to talk uh, to former players or players as they're kind of transitioning uh, into the media is number one, remember that you're a fan of the sport. Mm -hmm. And with that, you know, don't just do it for the paycheck, because honestly, you know, it's nothing like a professional athlete's paycheck, although, you know, I don't think a lot of us are going to complain about the, the compensation we get. But with that, it's it's still pay attention to the sport. Don't just think because you played the sport for X amount of years professionally or your entire life growing up that you can just ignore what's happening. I think one of the biggest criticisms that current players have and and fans have is that they, they can spot a fraud. They can smell a fraud when they're watching on TV or listening to a podcast. If the guy hasn't watched games or isn't listening to po- other podcasts or isn't uh, reading articles every once in a while or isn't making phone calls to check in on things, you don't have to be like this investigative reporter, but just show that you care and you owe that to the fan. Because, you know, Ben, when, when I do a show, I, 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 the, my priority that I think about is as a, as a huge hoop head what do I want to hear if I was on the couch drinking a beer? So I want to deliver that when I'm in studio. And I think that, that former players owe it to their peers uh, and, and to the viewers out there and listeners to say, all right, I'm going to dedicate my time and do a little homework and watch games and read articles and, and call some people. And remember that the reason why I'm getting into this is because I'm, I'm as much of a fan of this sport as, as anyone else. And, and then the last thing is everyone loves that when people share insight from, from their playing days, there, there's nothing like you're in a great locker room story or a story on a bus or a plane, uh, and, and really taking us fans the, the dorks like me, who have never played professional sports inside that life to kind of feel like we're walking in your shoes for a few minutes.
1: Yeah, I can, I, I'm, I'm hearing that. And I love all of that, Jason. Cause I, I've always, uh, <clears throat> I've always say Jason, Jason, Jared, I've always <laughs> said right. that you no, know, because I have a producer named Jason Greenberg. But yeah, Jared Greenberg. Um, but, Jared, I also I, I want to throw this out there, too, is that the hardest part, I think, for me was trying to be critical of guys who you knew and you know. And th- that's always difficult because some see it as hate. Some see it like, oh, what does he know? But at the same time, I'm trying to do my job. And so it's always easier for me to talk about the NBA sometimes. People are like, but you never played in the NBA. I said, I never played, but I watch and I look. Sure. And so for me to say that what the hell is wrong with Giannis Antetokounmpo right now, who's the reigning two-time MVP, you're not You're not, you're not allowed to go on a four-game losing streak, Jared. You're not. Sure. This is like, what's going on in, in, in Milwaukee right now? And could, tonight, could I see them kind of change the tide in hopefully winning this game after losing to Toronto the other night?
0: Yeah, well, I, I think you have you have every right to be to be fair and to be critical. I think as long as you you don't do it by taking personal shots at people, you know, Correct. as we, we try not to do, and you don't make it personal, you know, it's part of your job, like you said. And and a team like Milwaukee, you're right, uh, they do have some injuries. They they've been, you know, I, I drew Holiday out for a bit, which is a bit of a problem. Uh, but but I also wonder if what's wrong with Milwaukee now is kind of the opposite of what was right with them last year, in that they were built to be a regular season team which had shortcomings that were seen glaring errors in the playoffs, if now it's the opposite where they're not as good in the regular season, but some of the things that they can do well will will be highlighted in the playoffs. And that We see that in basketball where teams can be great for 82 games, but then because of the, the way the playoffs are played with every other day, with having scouting reports, being players locked in, coaching staffs being better, uh, the game is officiated better, you, you either fail or you're able to thrive in those circumstances. And I wonder if Milwaukee will be better in, the, in that situation. But you're right. Milwaukee does have to be held accountable for a four-game losing streak. That shouldn't happen for a team like this.
4: Milwaukee taking on Toronto in the first of the doubleheader, and then it's Nets and Lakers. Jared Greenberg from NBA TV, we appreciate you being on the, uh, on the show, and I'm sure you appreciate being out of the bubble in Orlando, too. I know <laughs> you were down there for what yeah. seemed like forever. So it's great to have you, man. Thanks for taking some time. Guys, uh, it was
0: great speaking with you. Thank you so much.
4: Thanks, Jared. Jared Greenberg joining the show. We keep it rolling, talking basketball, because coming up next, prior to Whitney Young High School, Chicago's own former NBA three-point champion, one half of the knuckleheads, Quentin Richardson joins the show. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison hanging out here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go
1: anywhere.
2: Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets In store and now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the
4: Rich Eisen Show. Show. That was Jared Greenberg from NBA TV. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Jared talking about All-Star Weekend going down in Atlanta this year. Obviously, during a global really pandemic, a lot of issues around the All-Star Game.
1: Is it really an All-Star Weekend, Ben? I guess year? it's
4: not a weekend. I guess that's just what I refer to always, you know? <laughs> it's just the All-Star Game. It's going to be the All-Star 12 hours. All-Star Day is what it is. <laughs> but it had us reminiscing about All-Star Weekends mm-hmm. and, and, you know, what those used to be like mm. in the before times, if you will. I remember when the, the the 50 Cent album Get Rich or Die Trying came out, and it was Man. in Atlanta, All-Star Weekend. I was down yeah. there for that, and just you could feel the presence of that album all weekend long, wherever you went.
1: Well, that was you got to remember, one. it was always for ex-NFL players or current NFL players. NBA All-Star Weekend was our one big event that we can go to because it was in the offseason. So it was always a nice place for a uh, – players to congregate and be a part of the action. If I would say
4: somebody who knows a thing or two (laughs) about all-star weekend, he won a three point contest at an Mm -hmm. all-star weekend. Uh, and last year he got to do his podcast The knuckleheads from his hometown in Chicago. Uh, it's the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of Whitney young who joins us right now, Quentin Richardson on the show. Great to have you Q. When was your first all-star weekend?
3: (laughs) I appreciate it guys. Um, my first All-Star Weekend was 2000 and was it 2000, 2001,
4: 2001. And you must have just been a kid in a candy store. I mean, you're somebody who grew up in Chicago in the Jordan era. You're now <laughs> sponsored by Jordan. You're in the league. What can you tell me about uh, the All-Star Weekend from a player's point of view that maybe is a little different from how a super fan like me experiences All-Star Weekend?
3: Yo, it was lit. <laughs> you gotta, I'm I'm twenty. What was I? Twenty or nineteen? And 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 D Miles was was nineteen or eighteen. We were the, uh, our first one was in D.C. It was in D.C. that year. And you know what I'm saying? You gotta understand me and D Miles. We we out there single trying to get to it. And they put us on the floor with all of the big boys. We was literally on the floor with, like we just talked about this when we had Steve Francis on the show. We had, we was on the same floor as Steve Francis, AI, KG, Shaq, like, uh, man it was everybody on our floor and they was looking at us like obviously we the young boys we 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 all over the place we had it we had it jumping up there everybody was hanging out it was a real good time man that was, for me to say that was the, 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 that's what the nba was about i was like yeah this gonna be fun
1: but q can you remember having that camcorder like having the camcorder to record these images like now we can use a cell phone but back then We had to use the camcorder, right, to sit down and record all of the action. I don't know if you still got the footage or not, but just kind of remembering, taking me back to that time to remember those moments, even kind of the dress that you wore. I mean, like the the clothing style that you had going.
3: I mean, the one thing I can remember for a fact from either that year was either that year or the next year in Philly. And I can remember having my camcorder and stuff and watching BD try and do a for real blindfolded dunk, Baron (laughs) Davis. That's what, you know, I had already knew that D. Brown and Ced Sabalo's them could see. But this was, if anybody had any doubt, this confirmed it when you saw Baron Davis really try and do a blindfold dunk and almost kill himself. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember I saw a clip from that not too long ago on social media, and me and Catino Mobley was on the floor just cracking up. Like, I can't believe he just really tried that.
4: Quentin Richardson joins the show. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison hanging out for Rich on the Rich Eisen show. Quentin does an amazing job. Uh, with Darius Miles for the Knuckleheads podcast they sit down with current players former players and really chop it up and and tell some great stories Uh, we've been talking a little bit uh, today Quentin about the idea of transitioning into life after you play your sports and taking on new challenges and reinventing yourself at what point did you start to feel really comfortable with the podcast and what are you enjoying about doing it so much right now a couple seasons in
3: man i i would say I would say with the podcast, I got comfortable probably probably after uh i would say I got really comfortable after the first season you know season one I feel like was a, was a uh that whole season was kind of like a pilot for me and d we had to you know kind of figure out and navigate this whole new thing that we were doing, and you know we obviously have chemistry with each other just naturally, but we had to find our chemistry with that with the you know with, Bouncing off each other and letting each other go, and not cutting each other off, and do all those things. So I would say after season one, I, I felt like I, you know, I had a real good feel for it. And I mean, the, the thing that I enjoy the most, man, is like uh, every time, you know, we we sitting there, like uh, yeah, we we the, we the host or whatever, and we we a podcast host and all that, but like we are a hundred percent fans. <laughs> I don't know if it comes across like that, but we are always – whoever we're talking to, we are huge fans of them and their game and possibly other things that they do in their life, but we are definitely fans of their game, and that's why they're there.
1: You know, Q, I always say that when you give guys that opportunity to come out and speak about the game, probably weren't necessarily the uh, the biggest media personalities – but it seems like when they get into that environment and being a part of your show or other podcasts with guys who they trust, you start to hear stories that you never knew about. Like, I guess, I mean, obviously PG for this program, but a a story that you may have heard uh, from guys joining the podcast that you say, you know what? Wow. I never knew that. That is something that's kind of stuck with you.
3: Well, I mean, I can, I mean, um, Just the other day, like uh this being a love this. We had we had a Michigan man on. We had we just we got we just dropped C Well well Mm. uh, yesterday. We just dropped his yesterday. So we on with him talking and um I never knew that he taught a course at Wake Forest University. Like this is obviously after basketball, but he taught a course and now he's gonna be a professor at Morehouse for uh you know, for uh courses about uh protesting in sports and stuff like that. So it was like, I feel like every single episode, no matter who it's been, every single episode I've found, I, 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 there's always a moment where i like, wow, I never knew that. Man, if Chris Webber
4: was my college professor, I might have actually gotten a degree.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, like, see, we're doing it big over there.
4: Quentin Richardson joins the show, Ben Lyons and uh, Kirk Morrison uh, hanging out for Rich Eisen, a fellow Michigan man as well. Now, Q, something you said that I love about you is that you're still a fan. You've always been a fan. You grew up in Chicago in the Michael Jordan heyday. And Kirk, I always joke with Q because I equate his love of MJ to like a Harry Potter fan who dresses up. Uh, the night the movie comes out or a diehard fan who goes to Comic-Con like in the Captain America costume. Like that's yeah. Quentin's love of Michael Jordan. What did you do to celebrate MJ's birthday, which was, yeah. I think you went yesterday. It was this week, uh, mm. turning 58 years old. How does that make you feel?
3: Man, it's, it's, it's crazy to me, man. You know, it's, it's definitely a blessing. It's crazy. I I'm, to, to answer the question about what I, I... I couldn't do much to celebrate. I had to work. I was on NBA TV on a late night show last night, so I couldn't... Pop no bottle for my man and nothing like that, but you know what I'm saying? Bottle of Sincoro uh, going
4: for MJ's birthday, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, I could have hit the Sincoro up. I'll probably take a shot of something for him today to represent it. But, uh, you know, man, just, just glad to see my man doing his thing and, and feel inspiring and leading the way.
4: I love the story about how you guys became Jordan Brand. You mind sharing with our audience?
3: Yeah, man, so, you know, in the 2000s, that's when N1 was still around, you know, uh, they were, they were, uh, you know, trying to be a force in the shoe game, and um, we were, we had been Nike guys, you know, throughout high school and everything like that, and, and so it was kind of a foregone conclusion, we were grassroots guys that we would be Nike, but it was kind of taking a little longer than um, than we wanted it to to get our deals and stuff done. And me, I wasn't really even going to be offered. I was the 18th pick. I wasn't being, being offered, uh, you know, big deals or money or stuff like that. It was basically apparel deals for me. And, um, you know, D miles, the number three pick. So he had some money coming his way, but, um, so we were headed down to Jordan's campus, campus in Santa Barbara, the Jordan uh, Jordan Flight School. and uh, We'd go down there and play, pick up, and, you know, play in the council games and everything. So after the games, we had went down there. We had all in one. So they had just hit us with boxes and stuff. And that was the stuff we had. It was new stuff. We'd going down there and we playing planning new stuff. So we get to playing. we sitting there icing up, drinking water. And so MJ they like, man, why y'all got that, that stuff on? And we like... <laughs> We like man listen you know they 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 supposed to be doing the contracts. it ain't done yeah he like I thought y'all was Mike he was like yeah we thought so too we ain't, they ain't got the business so Mike was like yo man don't worry about it y'all going y'all going to be with me and me and D Miles really didn't know what that mean yet because like literally he had just started the the whole team Jordan like the year before, with the first group of guys being like Ray Allen, Eddie Jones, Van Baker, and Finn, and those guys were like the first group. Then our group of guys, so our year was literally the second year of its existence. But it still wasn't even really a known entity like that. So our agent called us the next day and was like, "Man, I don't know what you know what what Michael did, but you know they 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 changed the contract. He was like, you know, they gave me what I was asking for, Darius. Then they threw in money for you that you weren't even gonna get beforehand, Q. So I was like, damn." You know, MJ swooped through, saved the day. And for me, it was like, I couldn't, you know what I'm saying? This is my idol, somebody. I grew up in Chicago watching. Now he handpicking me to wear his clothes and to be part of this little, you know, we used to call it like a, like a, we we was calling ourselves like we was a task force because you, like, you know, it's different now. But when that thing first started, it was like, it was under 10 people and it was like an elite task force and all of us was killers. (laughs) So we took it with pride to be on that joint.
1: Hey I, I got to stick with that same story because I got a story for you too now. So I get drafted in 2005 with the uh, Oakland Raiders at the time. And you know how you, you're talking about the, the Jordan brand, the team brand. Well, here mm-hmm. I am coming out of college, you know, out of San Diego State. I get to the Raiders and I walk in a locker room with three guys who were all part of Team Jordan. We're talking awkward. about NFL guys, it's NFL awkward. dudes. So it was Charles Woodson, Warren Sapp, and Randy Moss. Those three guys. So I would tell guys on Monday when we would get to the facility, you would have thought it was a Michael Jordan warehouse, as many boxes right. of Jordans that we had coming into that locker room. I'm talking about from backpacks, iPod holders, iPod cases. Everything I mean, everything that you could think print, of Jordan. The
3: elephant print everywhere.
1: With the elephant print. People, and I look literally. And until and, and this day, I have a pair of Randy Moss player edition purple and white Minnesota Vikings pair of 13s. They were brand new in the box, but he had just got traded from the Vikings to the Raiders. I said, wow, I ain't never seen those. He literally, I'll be right back. He worked out in them. And then when he walked in, he kicked them off his feet. Said, "Hun, you can have them. I swear to God, I have a pair of player edition number 13, I mean 13 purple and white randy moss edition so i'm just saying that q because that brand now and i didn't want to go off on this tangent but that brand now is seen throughout colleges now universities and to see that logo on nba jerseys this year it goes to show you like you guys were pioneers to something that now is sort of the global brand that it's always been
3: no nah, it is i mean that's why you know for me, it's a blessing to still be a part of the brand and for them to still show me love and send shoes to me and, my, you know, my kids and my family and stuff like that. Because, I mean, like, I'm I, i I'm to the point where it would be so weird. Like, I ain't went and bought no shoes, dog. like, for real, since I've been in the NBA. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't bought gym shoes. I don't wear it. If it ain't coming from Nike, I don't wear it. If it ain't coming from the brand Jordan or Nike, I don't wear it unless it's dress shoes or something.
4: Look at Quentin Richardson, <laughs> such a fan still, all these years later. I love it. Um, well, one last thing here before we let you go. What happened to Lance Williams out at DePaul? Lamorne Morris, a fellow Chicago guy, wanted us to check in with you.
3: Hey, my big fella Lance, he's coaching. He's coaching in Tennessee. He, co- he coaches in Memphis. His daughters is big time. He got two twin daughters. just playing. Uh, I think they went to Memphis. I think they at Memphis. He got twin daughters at Memphis. It's real good. And then he got he got uh, some of his younger kids is still coming up. He coaches though. Keep I love it. That. Q still
4: plugged in. Thanks for the update and continued success on the Knuckleheads podcast. Download, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Great to have you on, Q.
3: Yes, sir. Anytime, Ben.
4: Quentin Richardson joining the show. Coming back right after this, Ben Lyons, Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich Eisen. It's the Rich Eisen Show.
2: Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O. helpful and the best of all friendly stop by o'reilly auto parts today or visit us at o'reillyauto.com slash eisen that's o'reillyauto.com slash eisen
4: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason
0: kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and
4: entertainment
2: that is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
2: want to do another stomp you out speech.
0: It
3: opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on
4: Spotify. This is the Rich Eisen Show. It's been a big show today. Big show today. Ben Lyons and Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. Talked about this Tatis Jr. deal. 14 years, $340 million. That's a lot, man. 14 years from now, I'm going to be in my mid 50s. Yikes. <laughs> we had Quentin Richardson on the show. What a life. What a story. He does a great job on the Knuckleheads podcast. Albert Breer, of course, as always, giving us the update on the Carson Wentz trade, which broke just as we were getting on the air. And we had Jared Greenberg on from NBA TV talk about this doubleheader tonight. Kyrie and his Gandalf walking stick making their way to Staples Center versus LeBron and his Pinot Noir. I love it. I'm so excited for tonight. Even though no KD, AD, uh, it's still NBA basketball. So you've got me You got me hooked. Um, something we didn't get to today on the show, we've been talking Oscar categories. I mean, best actress is a lock, Frances McDormand, for Nomadland. So we don't need to do too much X's <laughs> and O's on that category. But you're mm-hmm. starting to get back into the uh, – into the zeitgeist in the mix with your movies, you're catching up a little bit.
1: I'm catching up a little bit, man. You know, the in, 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 once the NFL season is over, I get caught up. Right. And so obviously there's some films and, and this is the thing for all the married people out there. Right. It, it's like a pact that you have with your significant other, um, that look, you can't watch it without me. Right. So like Malcolm and Marie, like don't watch it without me. We're going to watch it together. You know what I mean? And then, you know, obviously, uh, Valentine's Day, we watched uh, Judas and the Black Messiah was another good one as now, well. Daniel Kaluya as
4: Fred oh, Hampton.
1: <sighs> Give this man all the awards. My goodness. Performance for ages out there. <laughs> like, what can he do now? now? He's doing this, and, you know, he was doing the Get Out, and he was doing Black Panther. and something like <laughs>
4: Directed by Shaka King, a classmate of Joe Kim Noah at Poly Prep in Brooklyn.
1: Oh, nice, nice. Today's so, useless information brought to but you no, by, yeah no, I'm, I'm getting to that. Um, There's just little things, man, and I've always heard stuff like, okay, you got to watch this, you got to watch this. And then <laughs> I don't know what happened maybe about two weeks ago, Ben, um, but I was, you know, gearing up, getting ready for the Super Bowl, and I was just up. And then I was like, all right, want to watch something. So I'm touring through Netflix, and Lupin. Have you seen Lupin? No, I hear, but is this a French show? It is a French show, but it has a you know an English voiceover. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, here it's terrific. Yeah, and I and I just I, I stumbled on it, and you watch like the first twenty minutes, and now I'm like hooked. And, I, and it's only five episodes. It's the first series. And so that is another one that I'm getting on. So I have all of these shows. I just shows. love
4: the image of former Oakland Raider, 700-plus <laughs> tackles in his
1: career, just getting lost in French television shows. I'm serious, man, because, you, you know, for me, I finally get, to caught up, get caught up on what everyone's been talking about, on what everyone has been saying, hey, you got to watch this. But during football season, it is so hard, Ben. It is so hard to find a show and actually stick with it. You, you know, know I, I mean? feel
4: like if I hit you up during the season, I'm like, "Wow, there's this great movie. It's directed by Chloe Zhao. It's called Nomadland. It's with Francis McDormand." You're like, "No, no, no, you want to see this footage of Derrick Henry hitting the hole against the three-four defense?
1: <laughs> like, that's what you're showing." Not, me. Yeah, my mind is not programmed like that. I'm doing NFL, you know, in my college football duties during the week, and so any extra time that I get. I'm either watching film or reading articles through the many different websites, uh, about the team that I'm covering that week. So it is, it's, it's difficult to get into that, to that, cause I have to be in like a moment of Zen. Like you have to be really be sitting down quiet where I can, fo- I like to focus on movies cause I don't want to watch it again, right? You don't want to miss something. And then you go get on the net and you're starting to look at like the other day, i watched. I don't want to give it away, but I watch The Little Things, right? Because I'm a big Denzel Washington fan, Jared Leto, and I don't want to give give it away, but I had to go to the net to figure out, okay, what did I just watch?
4: <laughs> that, that's a movie that if you're on the phone, if you pause it and you exactly. go outside, you totally lose, Thank you. lose your, what the intention is behind it. There's nothing that drives me crazier <laughs> than I'm out and about and someone says, oh, yeah, I just started watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's a you didn't finish it? What, it's what do you mean? We are at a party. <laughs> Go back home. The third act of that movie's insane. What are you doing? Drives me nuts. I, oh, I am halfway through Nomad Land.
1: What? I can't do that. I have to watch it from the beginning. So I got that and then uh I, I, I tried to start Bridgerton. Um mm. but it was like it's okay, not drawing wife. me in. I'm not I'm not hooked on it. I yeah. know everybody's talking about it, but but I'm trying to watch it. I I know I still have um, uh, the other one the the, the chess uh, oh the queen's gambit queen's terrific. gambit so I'm, I'm going you're to, gonna I'm, start to see a lot more stories take
4: place in the world of chess correct, after yeah. the success of that show I just knocked out three hours in Takashi six nine on Showtime and I don't know if the joke's on me or the joke's on him or the joke's on all of
1: us you know, I don't know that, what that's <laughs> another pop culture reference for people out there because obviously that and then. And I, I didn't know if I was going to get into this. I was going to text you about this, but obviously, some controversial lyrics, maybe from Meek Mill about the late Kobe Bryant. Yeah, you know, I that saw man. that,
4: and I was disappointed to see that. And when you, like, when you turn somebody's legacy into a punchline, it's not a good look that. at all.
1: Yeah, because I've always said that, uh, like this, this is when you know you've made it as an athlete. This is just an, another just a, the or less, just just talking, but we were always saying that. I remember um, Warren Sapp. Right? So I I always talk about my former teammates. And so for him one of his, at the time when he was coming up in Miami at the University of Miami Trick Daddy was one of his best friends. And so Warren would always say like, until you got your name in a song you ain't nothing. (laughs) So he would repeat lyrics of everybody that put his name in a song. And I was just like that actually is pretty cool, right? You i got to be honest.
4: It, dude, the closest we've ever gotten to that in my family, the Jizza the <laughs> from Wu-Tang Clan has a song called Fame. Okay. And he shouts out my dad, who's a film critic in New York. He says, Jeffrey's lion got pricked by a thorn from George Bush or something like that. He just makes <laughs> word plays on celebrity names. So I've always wanted to meet the genius. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to play chess with Jizza. And ask him, were you guys in the studio just watching Channel 4? And my dad came on with a movie review, and you're like, aha, <laughs> Jeffrey's Lion. So, yeah, Jeffrey yeah, Lion, shout mean, out from the Wu Tang Clan. That, that, that's definitely a Lions I family think, Hall of Fame moment.
1: Yeah, Lil Wayne said, um, I sacked the quarterback like I'm Warren Sap. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just little stuff like that. Or I think Trick Daddy's Line was um, a, a, a play on words in terms of. Warren Sapp's jersey said I keep two nines On my back Like I'm Warren Sapp You know what I'm saying Like
4: You know they say New York hip hop Is is not what it once was And what are rappers In New York supposed to say Oh you a faker Shout out to Ron Baker I mean like Nick's (laughs) basketball's In the toilet Wow Hip hop in New York Is going through a tough time You can't even
1: do a Kristaps Porzingis, right?
4: (laughs) By the way, (laughs) Kristaps Porzingis, maybe this changes this year, but to Mm -hmm. this date, he has only played one game in the month of April in his five-year NBA career. Now, last year, they didn't have games, but in four years in New York, this man played one game in the month of April. Only a Knicks fan knows that. Only a Knicks fan knows that, by the way. Only a Knicks fan can tell you there have been five guys in the history of the NBA who have had five triple-doubles in a row. Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, Russell Westbrook, Oscar Robertson, and Alfred Payton. There's only five guys <laughs> <Elford> Payton, wow! <laughs> in the history of the league who have done that. Oh, man. Although they lost last night in Orlando by 20. And if they had one last night and they win on Friday in Minnesota, it'll be the first time they're over 500 since Ryan Leaf was in prison. That's oh what he God. said
1: yesterday, so <laughs> let you know
4: how long. Well, I'll be, I'll be watching some hoops tonight. <laughs> we got a nice
1: little doubleheader tonight. I'm definitely going to give you my takes tomorrow.
4: Yes, doubleheader tonight on TNT, Toronto, Milwaukee, and, of course, the Brooklyn Nets and the L.A. Lakers. That should be a fun one. Um, shout out to all the guests who came on, and, of course, our great team here on the Rich Eisen Show. Kirk Morrison in today hanging out. You'll be back tomorrow. Where who knows? Deshaun Watson might get traded when the show starts. <laughs> who knows? We'll see what breaking news we have then. Uh, until then, enjoy the rest of your day. We appreciate you spending part of it with us. And we'll be back tomorrow. Ben Lyons, Kirk Morrison here on The Rich Eisen Show.